Hey everyone, Tucker Dixon here. And before I begin, I must apologize to Cardiff Electric. He contacted me and told me that he was hurt by my words last week. I'm sorry for the joke, Cardiff. I did not realize you were so sensitive and I will no longer be making jokes at your expense. Anyways, moving on from the sensitive Cardiff Electric. Last week was Security Guard Week. And I'm going to start with Carl this time. Carl's creep was ultimately forgettable, like most security guards. I assume he acted like a security guard and was a general jackass to everybody outside of work and in work. You know, like a real security guard. Vinny's creep, on the other hand, well, I, I just need to listen to Mr. Rogers to feel better after Vinny's creep. That it's you I like, it's you yourself, it's you, it's you I Okay, I feel a little better now. That's all I got. Tucker, out. Attention parents, what you're about to see is not suitable for kids. Shoot, it's not even suitable for some grown-ups. You might want to walk away now if you ain't into these type of things. I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. I'm going to deliver the goods because I'm alive and I'm not backing down. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Sweet Jesus. Vomit-inducing thing. Hola, creepos! Welcome to another edition of your favorite true crime podcast, the show about creeps by creeps for you creeps. It's the creep off. I'm your host, Vinny Paulino, and joining me in studio, he's lucky he's allowed in the building. It's hot. What is happening, Vinny Paulino? Thanks for welcoming me into the building today. Much obliged, much obliged. Oh, you're so welcome, Carl. It's uh, great to have you back. It's great to see you. Are you excited about the Bills and what's going to happen to them tonight when they play the Patriots? I have high hopes for tonight, yes. This is a big game because the Patriots are now in the number one seed of the AFC after Baltimore went for two, two. I don't know what they were thinking against Pittsburgh yesterday, but anyway, Baltimore lost. So now if the Bills uh, can win, they take over the division. And uh, we'll be on the top of the conference. Yeah, well, they're going to lose. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking <laughs> of losing, let's look at the results from last week's episode. Oh, we did creepy no, security guard. What happened here? And uh, here's the results, Carl. Vinny has 61% of the votes. I did not put up much of a fight last week. Oh, yeah, baby. I try to have a little bit of fun on this show. No one lets me have any fun on this show. True believers. Ah, uh, uh, I'm down four to one now. This is game point. It is. You know what that means, ladies and gentlemen? That was another. Winhausen for the Winhausen. Hell yeah, son. Oh, no. So game I win point. Today I start my comeback. Well, why don't you start your consequence that you still owe us? That'd All be right. good, too. All right, we'll work on that. Girl Hamburger uh, live stream will happen. Yeah, that'll be fun for we'll everybody. Get on it. Okay. All right. Today we are going to visit the 13th state of the Union, the Ocean State a state that only has a million people in it, Rhode Island. It's the Luxembourg of the United States of America. Pretty much. Let's annex them. <laughs> yeah, right. Fucking leave them up there. It's a weird little state, apparently. Yeah. Because, again, 
I'm looking at the uh, the YouTube chat and people are saying there's not a lot of people in Rhode Island. Yeah, you'd think you wouldn't be able to find a lot of creeps, but you would be wrong. It's a whole fucking country, a whole fucking <laughs> state of creeps. See, I got you thinking that now with the Luxembourg thing. Yeah. I thought it was Rhode Island, baby. Just a state full of dusties. Is that where the Island Boys are from? Rhode Island Boys? I don't know the reference. All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I won last week, so I'll go first. Hit the bell, Carl. That's not the bell. <laughs> There it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it took me all of 30 seconds to pick my creep today. <laughs> Holy shit. My creep is a kid. I got a creepy kid, Carl. Creepy kid. On May 18, 1975, my creep, Michael Woodman Z, was 16 years old. Okay. Now, a five-year-old boy named Jason Foreman, who lived directly across the street from Michael, was playing with his sisters and brothers and a bunch of other neighborhood children when he suddenly disappeared about 3.30 p.m. It was a very, very tragic case. It was the mother's 25th birthday. Mm -hmm. Her child just disappeared, and they had no idea. Wait, how old was he when he disappeared? The kid was five. The missing child named Jason Foreman. Yeah, got it. My creep is Michael Woodmansey. Okay. The victim here, Jason Foreman. Got it. Now, Foreman's parents were on television all the time. This was like a big fucking deal. This was a massive well, Amber yeah, it's a, Alert. A, a white boy. Oh, yeah. yeah Cute when, little when one, white too. Kids, when white kids go missing, it's a big deal in this country. This kid, <laughs> adorable. Yeah, probably blonde haired, blue eyed. Yep. Yeah, I think maybe the brown hair, but Let's you can't wrong. win them all. Let's go along with it. Can't win them all. Seven years, Carl. Not any idea where this kid went. Okay. Well, one day, April 15th, 1982. A now 23-year-old, Michael Woodman Z, with a shitty beard, invited the 14-year-old newspaper delivery boy named Dale Sherman into his house. After supplying the boy with hard liquor and beer, Woodman Z attempted to strangle the teenager. That's, by the way, until that part, that's what you call tipping the paper boy. That's a very nice thing to do. Well, he was trying to give the paper boy a tip. He just couldn't get that far. All right. Yeah, so... What do you think happens in 1982 when you try to uh, strangle and rape the paper boy? People and they get away. For seven, for seven more years? And, well, they get away. And oh, the kid gets away. Get away. Okay. And he goes and tells his dad. And his dad shows up and beats the shit out of Michael Woodman Z. I love it. I do, too. I was very pleased with this. Good stuff. They call the police. So the police come over to take a report. And then they go over to Michael's house. And Michael's dad is there. And his dad is like... Well, we need to get this whole thing straightened out because that man attacked my son. Yep. And he and Michael's just like, no, Dad, let's just leave this alone. I, I, I don't know what anything about it, but I didn't do anything. Let's just leave this alone. He's like, no, we're going to the police station. We're going to clear your name, son. Ruh-roh. Exactly right. They start realizing that, holy shit, that foreman kid who went missing lived right across the street from this kid who just tried to choke a 14-year-old paper. So he's still living in the same house with his parents? Same house with his parents. Now, I want to show you a picture of him. Tell me you don't think Paul Giamatti could play this motherfucker in a movie. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, I, I mean, unfortunately for Paul Giamatti, yeah, it's perfect. And that's a 23-year-old kid, right? That's a 23-year-old. <laughs> so you know. And that's odd, too, because I, I swear to God, people just looked older when they were younger back then. But also, it was rare that you still lived at home with your parents when you were 23 back in the early 80s. That's not a thing that was normal back then. Yeah. So they're down at the police He's station. He's a weirdo, is what I'm saying. He is a weirdo. He's being interrogated. When Woodman Z, you know, said you know, about the thing, I didn't know anything was going on. But the cops were like, this is really suspicious. So they said, hey, listen, uh, Michael, we know you did this. You know, this kid's 
drunk. He went home and told his dad what happened. Mm-hmm. What do you know about this uh, Jason Foreman? He's like, nothing. I don't know anything about it. And they go, listen, we're going to search your house because we need to find evidence in this other case. Are we going to find anything we don't need to, to see? And he goes, listen. All right. If you go up to my bedroom, you're going to find a journal. But everything in it is fiction. Yeah, journals are not fiction. That's that's the whole point of having a journal. It's not a uh, a novel that you're crafting. Well, he goes, it's purely fiction. Yeah, whatever's in that journal. Well, they went in there and they found uh, some interesting stuff. And you know, it's bad. You know, twenty some odd years later, when they interviewed the detective, mm-hmm. the reporter starts it off like this: The lead detective Ron Hawksley is still haunted by what happened. We found a box, a shoe box, that had bones in it. They were all cleaned and shiny. They'd been shellacked. Wow. I guess you can keep a five-year-old in your house for a long time without people knowing about he it. He had the skull on his dresser. What? He had <laughs> the five-year-old skull on his dresser. Hey, Dad, you want to ask some questions next time? What are you doing? Why did you let them in? <laughs> Ma! <laughs> just God damn it! Wow, the skull, the shellacked skull of Jason Foreman was on his dresser. So obviously he gets arrested, and it's really kind of fucked up. This journal they had—it was so fucked up. What was in the journal? Oh of what yeah, happened. You should read uh, chapter three entitled "Anally Raping Children." That was chapter two. Oh, okay, that was chapter two. Chapter three was after he stabbed the kid a couple times, then raped him. Chapter three was actually uh, dismembering the kid. And then chapter four was eating him. Yep. The journals have never been released. There's so many cannibals in the world before we started doing this show. I got to tell you, whatever I search for a state or something like that, the first search is going to be state named cannibal every goddamn time. Yeah, well, you are a cheater, so I'm not surprised. That's Yeah, that's cheating. We got to start voting for other things, people. Guys. Same old shit. This is a 16-year-old who ate a five-year-old. It's always the same thing with you. Rhode Island. God damn it. This kid, he folds. He confesses to the whole thing. And this journal is sealed by the judge after he pleads guilty. Okay. Now, he pleads guilty, and he gets 40 years in prison. The journal's contents are so graphic, the court sealed them. But only a few people who have read them have come out to say anything about what was in them. The uh, police chief said, I won't tell you what was in it, but I'll tell you it was horrible. Horrible crime, the most gruesome investigations I've ever participated in, and I've been around the block a few times. The victim's father, John Foreman, said the police told him that Woodman Z described in the journal how he had stripped the bones and eaten the kid. That's gross. Yeah. He pleads guilty. This thing is sealed. He's in prison for 40 years. Well... Wrong. Rhode Island sucks, Carl. Oh, do they? Rhode Island <laughs> sucks. Rhode Island has a thing called the good time law. It allows a prisoner to earn as much as 10 days off of his sentence every month for good behavior. Whoa, 10 days for each month? Yes. That could add up pretty quick. Yeah, that's 120 days. That's like half a year every year. That's awesome. If you just act right. That's where I'm going to start committing crimes then. Rhode Island it is. Well, he was able to earn back 12 years of the 40 years. Good for him. Good behavior is important in uh, prison. Well, 28 years 
end to his prison. He's about to get released. And the dad, who, man, I fucking love this guy. I wanted to play you this. The dad called into a radio station oh, <laughs> about yeah. it. Yeah, Michael Woodmansey, the man convicted of killing and dismembering him, could be released from prison 12 years early for good behavior. Enraged by the news, the boy's father called into a radio talk show on Monday to publicly threaten his son's killer. I do intend, if this man is released anywhere in my vicinity or if I can find him after the fact, I do intend to kill this man. Whoa! You <laughs> probably shouldn't say that in public airwaves, my friend. You want to know something fucked up? What's that? Weez would ruin that interview. Oh, you? yeah, Weez would have been like, yeah, but brah, I'm looking outside right now. A blue car just drove by, brah. You got to see this car. Bro, you haven't played play cards with Johnny Red? Jesus. Due to this public uproar, they had him examined by a couple psychiatrists before they were going to let him out. And they said, listen, this guy is clearly still nuts. So they released him from prison, and he's in a mental institution now. He's just living in a fucking nut hut. Okay. Well, that's one way to get rid of all the uh, mental patients in this country. Let this guy eat them all. Yeah. So this kid was stopped before he could become a serial killer. I want to point that out. And that's great. You know, he started young. They start young in Rhode so Island. There was just one victim then for your uh, creep this week? Just asking. Yeah, yeah. there was was one five-year-old. Okay, just curious. By the way, who was murdered by a kid who didn't even have a driver's license. Just curious. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Carl. All right. I present to you Stephen Peter Marin, known as the Chameleon Killer. And I'll start off by... Did he wear people's skin? I'll start off by explaining um, why I chose him. He was born on February 19th, 1951, in Providence, Rhode Island, into a poor family. Okay, he was born on, in Providence, Rhode Island. All right, so the, the, the rest of this is moot after that. That's where he was born. Got it? No. And I want to point out, Vinny, that this guy was a... a serial killer. Yeah, those are bad. Stephen Peter Morin was an American serial killer responsible for at least 40 murders of young girls and women and seven men in the 1970s and early 1980s. Freewheeling 70s. Since Morin led a transient lifestyle and constantly moved around the country, the exact number of his victims is uncertain, but he is suspected of a total 48 violent crimes across the USA. So, he's done some heinous things, Minnie. Another hobo killer? Not the least of which is this one. Now, after he's uh, arrested under a fake name and sentenced to one year's probation, Stephen Marin is going to get arrested again after he killed his girlfriend's cat and sent its remains to her workplace. Not going to get laid doing that. I can tell you that for sure. I don't know. If you're Beth Stern, you might. (laughs) (laughs) In the 1970s, I'm going to go through this very quickly here, Vinny. In the 1970s, Marin became addicted to drugs and led a transient lifestyle in 1976 in San Francisco. He was a car mechanic in San Francisco. Marin attacked a 14-year-old girl, abducted, raped, and tortured her. After this crime, he was put on a federal wanted list. During this period, he committed a series of murders of girls and young women in different states. And I'm just going to fast forward now to he's in Texas. Okay. And that's a long way from home. That's a long way. He's in San Antonio. And he's at this place called Maggie's Restaurant. And this, uh, this woman, Carrie Ann Scott, is working there. And she's working the late shifts, like 2 a.m. She's walking out to her car. He's trying to steal the car. He just wanted to take the car and move on. But unfortunately, she was insistent that he not steal her car. And so he murdered her. Ah. Right. Women. So 
Now he's on the the lamb, as they say. And uh, was it a nice car? At least I don't think so. 1982 uh. didn't have a lot of nice cars outside of Maggie's restaurant. So now he abducts this woman named Margie Palm, and this is about 12 hours later, two in the afternoon. Are you sure her name wasn't Margie? Well, she pronounced it Margie. Okay. I know. I, I found that weird, too. Anyway, so Margie Palm went on to be interviewed. She would be the last woman he would ever abduct, Vinny. Okay. And uh, she explains what happened. And I could feel this terror going fear. just all over my uh. body to... You know, paralyzing type fear. Yes. Just in shock that I was looking at this man and he was yes. looking at me. And mm. uh, he said, I'm the girl, guy that killed the girl last night at Maggie's. Oh. And I have cut a man's heart out in prison. And you better do exactly what I tell you. you so this guy, whoa, hops into her car, abducts her, has a gun pointed to her. And they start driving around together. Now, what he what did, I find annoying about that is he still felt the need to give her his resume. <laughs> Right, exactly. I mean, come on. I'm, what are you, an Uber driver? I'm what are you trying to do? I'm more than qualified to abduct you, ma'am. I just want to let you know. Oh, this my This is my God. first rodeo. Now, I once caught a man's heart out in prison. Now, the problem here is he picked up the most Jesus-y Jesus person you could possibly pick up. My mother? Oh, it might be worse than that. It might be worse, Vinny. I'll let you judge for yourself. The first thing this woman decides to do is perform an exorcism. <laughs> She has she's figured out that this guy has demons inside of him. This is not the person that's that's these Holy actions shit. are coming from. Holy his gun shit. was just smashing into my ribs. And I just started really screaming. I said, I command every demonic uh, power in this man to leave my car. And I proclaim that before today's over, he will be serving Jesus Christ. And a lot of other things mm -hmm. I said too, right. but I mean I was right. screaming yes. because I all of a sudden also realized um, I I kept thinking I'm not wrestling with flesh and blood. And, you yes. know I kept seeing that. Yes. Yeah, there's a gun too. So she's on this religious show with these two religious hosts that are super annoying. So I apologize for that in advance. But it's so funny because does he, this guy fight Jesus? He, oh, dude, this is this is an amazing story. So. Here we go. Steven abducts this woman. He's been there, done that many times. He likes raping these women. He likes killing them. And he goes, oh, God damn it. Did I just abduct a Jesus freak? And he said, oh, my gosh, I'm in a car with a religious freak. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you're in anyway. a car with Jesus. Or maybe you're in a car with Jesus. Take the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, after that, they went to a Whataburger drive-thru. I just wanted to point that out for you, Vinny. I thought you'd find that fact interesting. Yeah, this makes him not a creep. Correct. And actually, Margie has deep compassion for this man who's done nothing but rape and murder and torture people most of his uh, life. But she says this. And next to a, a 7-Eleven. And we were there all afternoon. He had killed this girl at 2 a.m. in the morning. And he kidnapped me at 2 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And... He began to tell me that he was never going to go back to prison again. And I said, well, you know what? You're in a prison right now. You're in a prison of hatred. Right. Well, and uh, mm -hmm. you're not, maybe not behind mm -hmm. metal bars, yeah. but you're in, you're a, in a cage. You're mm -hmm. in an awful, mm -hmm. awful prison. Because mm -hmm. he kept telling me, well, I said to him, God put me in the car with you. Because he loves <sighs> She's you. She's my creep, Margie. Strangely, I really felt this. Yes, it was compassion. like this deep compassion yes. I felt right. for this guy. She felt deep compassion for this guy. 
she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna talk sense into him. You're in your, you're in a prison of your own hate. Billy's like, no, lady, I'm trying to tell you. Aren't you listening <laughs> to what I'm saying to you? No, prison's where they want to put me. I'm not in prison. I'm in your car. Right I'm now. in your car. What are you fucking talking? <laughs> what about? What aren't you understanding about? You this? know what? I'll drive, Margie. <laughs> Thank you for the burger. Well. <laughs> It wasn't quite like that, the way this conversation was going down, because this guy used some naughty language. He cussed a lot. I mean, he had horrible, uh, you know, four-letter words. Yeah. But, uh, every, you know, as the Damn day went, what a thing went to point on out. progressed, I mean, he would he'd say these things and then go, I'm sorry. How long were you I'm with sorry, him as the day goes on? Well, he abducted me at 2 in the afternoon. I got home around, you know, 11 o'clock that night. Goodness. So we oh, were together goodness. all afternoon. And we were, all evening. She was with this guy for nine hours. What was his first name? Steven. My afternoon was Steven. My, yeah, that'd be a fun book. Journals with Jesus. Well, surprisingly, this guy wanted her to, to fear him, and it wasn't working. And then he said, um, why aren't you afraid of me? And I said, just out of my mouth came this scripture. I said, well, you know, the Bible says there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And you are being confronted with Jesus Christ today. He's mm -hmm. not going to appear to you unless it's a phenomenon, but he's appearing through me, and I'm one of his children. And then you're oh, feeling Marty. his love, and mm -hmm. it's too powerful for your hatred. Yes. He abducted a mental patient. Oh, my God, your love is melting me. Oh, your love. It's he too much of these evil demons in me. A mental patient. And he was not prepared for this. It's like when the nut takes the other nut. Yes. He was not prepared for this. At all, because here, this woman is compassionate and caring and makes a lot of dumb decisions like this one. Then we went, uh, he said, I'm going to need some money. So we drove through this drive through and um, I, the Lord said, give him $300. And he started wow. crying. He said, why would you give me that much money? And I said, well, to be honest, I probably wouldn't, except God told me to give that to you because he loves oh. you. Uh -huh. God, very specific about it. The guy just looks at the gun and says, is my gun talking to her? <laughs> like, he's just so confused. It's, it's all very confusing. I guess God's he awesome. Give me 300 bucks. I, I guess he decides that this Hold woman, on, Carl. Let's try this. Yeah. The Lord right now is telling me mm -hmm. someone out there who's listening yeah. wants to give us $300. Which they can do on Patreon.com. Anytime they want to. the creep off. They could do that. No, specifically right now. If you Lord, feel God speaking to you right now. You do that right now. From your heart. Yes. Give, send us your love gift. Correct. And we will embrace you into our lives just as Jesus will embrace. I don't know how that, any of this works. I was trying. I'll write you a thank you note. You know what? Yeah. If you give us $300, I will personally forgive all of your sins. There you go. All right. You will be absolved. I'll do it for two fifty. <laughs> Go at once. Two twenty five. Two twenty five. Two twenty five. All right. So, um, unfortunately for Margie, um, she's not going to get the same treatment that most of the women he abducts got. He treated all the other women like Jesus. He nailed them to a fucking cross. <laughs> right. <laughs> fucking slit them open. Mm -hmm. And he kept telling me all day long he didn't know how he was going to let me go. He just didn't know what was going to happen. He said, you're a nice lady, but you know too much. I don't know how I'm going to let you go. And he also said, I don't know I don't know why. I just don't feel like raping you. And I thought, rape? Stick in the <laughs> mud. I mean, I never even knew he was a rapist. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, he... Well, I knew he'd killed the girl at Maggie's, but I didn't know he was a serial rapist right. at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like that he's like, you know what? I didn't even feel like raping you. Oh, that's what you were going to do? 
I should be way more afraid right now. I had no idea. They just wanted my 300 bucks. This is so weird. This is this is a crazy thing. All right, you ready for some uh, Jesus humor? Remember, this is an uber-religious show. So this is where things get a little silly, a little fun. He looked at me and he said, are you an angel? Who are you? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, just ask my husband sometime. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> It's a good one. That ain't funny. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. <sighs> so here this guy is. He's a serial killer. He abducts this woman. He's got a loaded gun pointed at her. And because she's such a crazy religious kook, he starts crying. You know, it, the fear of the Lord oh just my hit him. So, Margie, and, how, did he let you out then? I mean, no, what happens then? So, no, he started crying. I mean, he mm-hmm. just started crying. Right. And he said, it's gone. It's gone. And I said, what's gone? And he said, lady, all the hatred is gone out of me. I don't deserve My will to rape. I'm a Mm -hmm. really bad person. She literally performed an exorcism on this guy. The demons fucking left. And he's like, I now see the light. And he started believing in Jesus just for this one afternoon with this woman. So, well, after that happened, we started becoming friends. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, I didn't realize this was Jesus is real. real. Jesus is really real, isn't he? And I said, yeah, he is. So, so who's your creep? My creep is the serial killer who found Jesus. He then, uh, you know, takes a bus to Austin where the police grab him and take him away. He pleads guilty on all counts. He doesn't actually confess to everything that he's done. But, you know, obviously the murder of that woman at uh, Maggie's restaurant. Some of these deeds are between me and the Lord. Before his execution, Stephen was described as being in a happy mood. Due to his history with drug abuse, the execution technicians were forced to probe both of Stephen's arms and legs with needles for nearly 45 minutes before they found a suitable vein, a first-time occurrence at that time. He was pronounced dead at 2.55 a.m., becoming the sixth man to be executed by lethal injection in Texas since the method was introduced in 1982. In fact, the the Supreme Court legalized the death penalty in 1976, which made Marin the sixth Texan to be executed ever since. Now... He really did find Jesus. He was like a preacher on death row. Oh, my God. He, he was like a, a Bible scholar. And this was his last statement. Heavenly Father, I give thanks for this time, for the time that we have been together, the fellowship in your world, the Christian family presented to me. He called the names of the personal witnesses. Oops, needle slipped. Allow your Holy <laughs> Spirit to flow as I know your love has been showered upon me. Forgive them for they not know what they do. As I know that you have forgiven me as I have forgiven them. Lord Jesus, I commit my soul to you. I praise you and I thank you. Can you imagine you go around murdering teenage girls, raping them, torturing them. And then you have an afternoon with this weirdo and you go, I know that Jesus forgives me. Why? Ted Why Bundy did that you? shit too. Uh, it's, it's lame. It's infuriating. So um, for that reason, because this guy became a born again Christian. Serial killer slash born again Christian. I think I found the, the creepiest creep to ever creep. Well, vote for Carl and, and Stephen Marin. I really felt like I had a, a slam dunk this week on Game Point. I had a yeah. a child who was also a murderer and a rapist and a cannibal. Here we go and again. you brought in a fucking Christian. Holy your, shit. <laughs> I mean, it's like he, Carl showed up with the nukes. <laughs> I had to bring it. I had to bring it this week. I knew it was Game Point. All right. Uh, 
Carl, are you ready to do some voicemails? Let's do some voicemails. All right. The Creep Off voicemail segment is brought to you by the city of Syracuse. A woman was shot in the leg while driving an I-690. This is why it took us so long to let them behind the wheel. See you in Syracuse. Did she shoot herself in the leg? I don't, I don't, I don't understand know. that. I don't understand the reference. I don't know why we let them vote, but whatever. <clears throat> Moving on. Yeah, I mean, we had to give them the license so they could get to the voting poll. <laughs> You're right. It's, it's been one bad decision after another. All right, this one is for you. Hey, Carl. Maxima Reddit here. Just calling to help you out a little bit. Omicron. 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 Oh, Macron. I think it's Omicron. Going back. That's what Biden told me. Biden mm. told me it's Omnicrom. So did Fauci. They both said Omnicrom. I think that's what it is. Hi, Vinny. I'm calling in to make fun of that guy from last week with the high-pitched voice. Uh, what does he sound like? Two kids in a... Ah, fuck! I forgot what it's called! God <laughs> ah, damn it! Fucked up your call. Two kids in a fucking pervert slash kids in a playground coat. Whatever, man! That guy was stupid. His joke about the biggest problem wasn't funny. I wanted to shit on him, but I shit on myself. God, oh, I'm so mad at him. Technically under 45 seconds, but he did call back and fix his joke. Okay. Overcoat. Uh, that, that guy who called in last week about the biggest call, he sounds like two kids in an overcoat stacked on top of each other leaving a voicemail. That's, that, was, that was my joke. All right. See you. See you, Vinny. Love you, Carl. All right, I got a uh, voicemail after that failure of a voicemail. Hey, Carl, I was just watching that uh, seven-second porn challenge on Patreon.com slash The Creep Off. Thank you. And I got to thinking, you know, people are always making fun of your your weird-looking face. You got the the chin thing going on. You got the teeth thing going on. You got the foot thing going on, which I guess those aren't anywhere near your face. Don't forget those beady eyes. I think think people kind of know just from looking at your face. Uh, (laughs) But I was kind of thinking, it's the glasses, man. Change the glasses. Give that a shot. I don't know what you could do, but they're just they're too wide for your face, and they make you look kind of bug-eyed, man. <laughs> but go. at the same time, like, like, like rat eyes, <laughs> like beady little fucking rat eyes. <laughs> I don't know, man. Give it a shot. One minute voicemail. Thanks, All right. thanks for the constructive criticism, sir. Always appreciated. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the worst G.I. Joe, Rat Eyes. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, new wheel of consequence here. I just subscribed to Patreon, so I'm listening to all the Thank episodes. You. And of course, when I get the Patreon, I re-listen to the free Hall of Fame episode that I already listened to. But, hear me out. Gotcha. Wheel of consequence for Vinny, he has to do the Jared diet. Mm. The, the Subway diet. The fourteen-year-old girls. Our guest reverse for Carly has to do Jared's pre-subway diet. <laughs> right, call me back. Yeah. What is the subway diet? You have to cut out the calories on children. What do you do? <laughs> yeah. All I right. think so. All right. I got another voicemail here. Lay it on me. Yeah. Hey, Carl. Uh, I'm just catching up on the creep off. I listened to the Thanksgiving one. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, dude. I don't know why people are giving you shit. This guy is obviously fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. He laid a, a person trap to murder people. Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. Not everything has to be, oh, grotesque cannibalism. 
Thank Fuck you. It. That's what I'm Awful, saying. grody. You know what? Sometimes shit's gross, but that guy is creepy. Thank you. Call me back. Laying well, a person trap, finding Jesus. There are other things you could do to be creepy besides eating children. A hundred percent. Proselytizing. You think if little <laughs> if little Jason Foreman had started proselytizing to Michael, <laughs> to my creep. Things would have changed. Things would have changed. That maybe he would have not eaten him. Possibly. All right. Last one for me. Hey, Vinny. I just wanted to call in and say that I had a vote for Carl this week. Yeah. And it's not because he had the bigger creep. Because, I mean, obviously you did. Mm-hmm. It's just that. The bills are going to get absolutely sodomized tonight. I think Carl needs the win. So <laughs> sorry about that. I'll take it out. Uh, Vinny, don't call me back for your fish shit. Go Pets. Oh, fuck you and your Patriots. You know who I root for when the Bills and the Patriots play each other? Who do you root for in that scenario? Uh, a jet to fly into the field <laughs> and root, kill everyone. I root for terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's, uh, what's that Batman movie? The the Steelers game. Oh, just the, all the players. The Dark Knight Rises. I'll ruin your football game. <laughs> you just hope that that happens. All right, play the scum parade music. All right, it's time for scum parade. Watch out for the scum parade. Oh, we're starting off in the UK, Carl. Yes, we are. You know, sometimes the people who swear to protect us can be a little creepy. Really? Yeah. You don't say. And this creep today. Ooh, it's a lady. <laughs> a rookie female police officer has been banned from working on any force in the country after she was convicted of stalking her ex-lover three weeks into starting her job as a cop. Yeah, so Emma Bewick hey. is stalking her ex-boyfriend. Yep. The the boyfriend she had before she became a police officer. Yep. Now, I'm assuming you picked this for the scum parade because I, of the way this woman looks, right? Kind of like me. Her head is shaped like a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> she's she's a weird looking woman. Emma Frankenstein Bewick. Yeah, yeah. If she played Herman Munster, there wouldn't be a lot of makeup time. <laughs> I'm a police officer. <laughs> she ignored warnings to stop harassing former boyfriend Gavin Burroughs after following him in her car and on foot. She was handed a suspended sentence by the magistrate's court for repeatedly turning up at his home and work. A source told Mail Online that she met Mr. Burroughs earlier this year and had a brief relationship with him, which ended shortly before she joined the South Wales police force. But despite the relationship being over, the court heard how Bewick lurked outside the home of Mr. Burroughs. <laughs> Lurking is a good uh, a verb to use. She there. looks like fucking Frankenberry. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just I just put my finger on it. <laughs> pretty good she looks like fucking frankenberry yeah without the whimsicalness yeah she showed up at his job uh at the hearing they said that uh despite the relationship being over she lurked outside his home and repeatedly showed up at his job in places he often frequented i actually have uh, audio of her showing up at his work oh please yeah this is him and away he goes <laughs> this is him this is him when he walked out of his house and saw her like lurking by the bushes uh-huh. <laughs> Now a misconduct hearing has been heard that Bewick's name will be added to the barred list, preventing her from working in law enforcement in England and Wales. You know what? He fucked her one night. You know, they hooked up late yeah. at the bar. The next yeah. morning, the sun came through the window and he went, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <sighs> and he's like, oh, my God. You know, I fucked her once and now she's going to be a cop. That's a dilly of a pickle. <laughs> 
Yeah, you should have signed up for this ride, guy. Oh you my should gosh. not have signed up for this ride. You know ride. what would have been a much better idea? Masturbate. Correct. The next time he saw her outside of his job, he was like, ah. Come on, pig. <laughs> <laughs> In two ways, she was a pig, yes. Yeah, so... Buick would have been dismissed had she not resigned. She won her place to train as a police officer, but only had just begun her period as a student police right, constable. Whatever. This article's too long. Who cares? Yeah. There's nothing else important going on in this. They, they continue to describe how she became a cop. Who cares? Whatever. Yeah. She's yeah. on the force for 10 days. And then they said to her, hey, listen. <laughs> listen. Leave this guy alone. They yeah. specifically told her. Right. They gave her a warning. Correct. A couple days later, were you at his fucking job again? <laughs> yeah, no shit. And she's like, No. I imagine this is how she talks. No. Yeah. Terrible voice. All right. Let's go to Salem, shall we? Sure. Salem police officers found a gentleman by the name of Richard Eugene Flannery dead Thursday morning Mm. after one of his tattletale neighbors (laughs) at his apartment complex called to report seeing someone remove a large suitcase from an apartment and put it inside of Flannery's car. Now, Flannery was 59 years old and had not been seen for several days. Police said in the news release that during the investigations, detectives found two people living inside of Flannery's apartment. Authorities took one of them, Linson Lavelle Johnson, 51 of Albany, New York, into custody on a warrant for a parole violation. When Johnson discovered Flannery dead, he apparently put Flannery inside the suitcase and in the trunk of the vehicle to avoid a, quote, police response. All right. So I have some advice for this guy. Yeah. If your roommate dies Mm -hmm. for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and you don't want the cops to know about it. Mm Put the body in your basement. That'll give you six to seven months to figure it out. Sorry. Podcast Hitman taught me that. Yep. That's his theme song on the show, just in case anybody was wondering. Perfect. Yeah. Seven or eight months. You know, preferably during the summer. No one will know. <laughs> it won't. Fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, and it will Fucking get warm out. <laughs> when do they bust him? July, you dumbass. Yeah. So this guy's being held in the Lynn County Jail, and he's being charged with second-degree abuse of a corpse. They didn't say that this guy you know, was murdered or anything no, like that. They but his first reaction was, by. place is mine now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Put him in a fucking suitcase and throw him in the trunk of his own car. God damn. So he, this guy also has a bit of a fucking uh, rap count, too. They talked about he beat up a kid who was four years old and gave him severe brain injuries. Yeah, this Johnson guy is no good, so fuck him. Uh, Carl, shall we go to Sweden? Yeah, let's go to Sweden. What's going on over there? <sighs> I always thought that, like, the people from Sweden, the Dutch, right? Is that what we call them? No, they're Swedes. The Swedes. Dutch are uh, Netherlands. That's right. The Swedes, I always thought they were smart people. They are, yeah, for sure. Turns out, not so much. Oh. An unlicensed doctor who circumcised nine boys with a soldering gun and left children in so much pain they could barely walk has avoided jail time in Sweden. Oh, boy. <laughs> when I saw this article, this is what I was picturing. This guy's walking into a waiting room with a bunch of little kids in there. He's welder masks on. He lifts it up. He's like, okay, Billy, you're next. I picture the exact same thing, except it's actually the Swedish chef from the Muppets. <laughs> By the way, this is way worse than that dentist you had that like torturing children. It's up there. This is worse. Yeah, but I don't have any sweet audio. Dentists don't don't say drop both drawers when you walk into their office. (sighs) So the man in his 30s who claimed he trained as a doctor in Syria. That I believe. Was (laughs) convicted. That part I believe. (laughs) (laughs) He's honest, at least. He was convicted of assault, causing bodily harm, and violating the law on circumcision of boys. 
he's been handed a suspended sentence, but the reason why he wasn't like convicted of something more yeah, serious because yeah, he had that? no license. Right. And his claim was I studied how to do this for nine months in Syria. I don't need a license. License smicence. Yeah, but he's burning children's penises. Well, he said that was to help with the bacteria. You know, the heat. <laughs> yes, I know he did say that. He told him, he's like, listen, this is the way to do it. You got to go soldering iron. You got one in the garage? Let me use it. These kids couldn't walk afterwards. Yeah. This was a problem. Well, guess how Guess how he got away with this. How did he get away with it? How he got a suspended sentence. How's that? Because the fucking parents brought him there and told him to do it. But not in that manner. They thought they were just, you know. You know how much he was charging for this? You know how much he got per kid? I'm hoping there was a discount. Buck 75. Buck 75. Not bad. Yeah, a buck seventy-five. I don't know what a general, what a moil would charge. <laughs> I don't know either. But a buck seventy-five seems like a deal. And seems reasonable. Uh, what we believe here at the creep off is you get what you pay for. So they said they couldn't charge him with additional counts because they couldn't prove the inflammation was from the soldering iron. His parents could have kicked the kids of the dick a couple times before they brought him in. I'm How sure do I know? This guy's defense was like, oh, the reason why that kid's uh, cock is all swollen? Jagging it, jagging it, jagging it, jack. Spanking it, jagging it, spanking it, smack. These kids are just jerking it too much. It's not because of anything I did. <laughs> he received a suspended sentence and must perform 180 hours of community service. You could solder the dicks off a lot of kids at 180 hours. So. <laughs> well. That's good, I guess. By the way, the most shocking thing I read in this article, it says female genital mutilation has been banned in the country of Sweden since 1982. It's like, before that, it was okay? I was alive in 1982, Vinny. I was born in 1982, Carl. Female genital mutilation was a thing that was going on in Sweden in the 70s and early 80s? That was fine? Apparently. (laughs) Wow, okay. Good to know. Hey, Carl. Yeah. Let's uh, close out the scum parade today in Minneapolis. All right. A 26-year-old St. Cloud woman is facing murder charges after she allegedly stabbed her three-month-old boy over the weekend and threw him in the dumpster behind her apartment building. Hmm. It's not going to work out well for the three-month-old, is it? The kid didn't have much of a chance in that fight. No. No. Definitely not. This story's pretty upsetting. Uh, Fardusa Omar Abdali is charged with one count of second-degree murder. She made her first court appearance Tuesday when the judge set her bail at $2 million. Now, according to the criminal complaint, she stabbed her son early Sunday morning in her apartment, and she allegedly then called her mother and told her that she killed her son. All right. I just have some advice for soon-to-be murderers out there. Don't call your mom, unless she's really cool. Unless your mom's really cool, don't call your mom and, and tell and confess you want to call cool mom? Someone? Call Carl's mom. My mom would be cool about it. Yeah. If she she helped her little Carl once. That one oh, time. stop it with that. That poor, poor girl. She allegedly called her mom, told her that several people responded to the apartment to search for the baby because the mother immediately called the police and authorities like, my daughter's nuts, fucking killed her kid. Yep. These people told police they found Abdali crying saying that she put the baby in the dumpster. When police spoke with her, she told them that the child was in a black plastic garbage bag in the dumpster behind the apartment building. Officer found the child as well as knives and bedding in the dumpster. Now, anybody will tell you, if you're going to get rid of the murder weapon, (laughs) don't put it next to the the fucking body. (laughs) It wasn't wasn't well planned out, this one. Also, Vinny, I want to point out, she could have murdered this kid legally if she had just done it a little bit sooner. And listen, I get it. I'm in Target every Christmas Eve. So I'm not a good planner either, but she's in Minnesota. She could have murdered this kid legally a few months before this. And that's a good point, Carl. I mean, six months. 
six months will get you 40 years. Yep. That's all I want you to remember. But she did have a good reason for doing this. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, she was very upset that the uh, father of the child was denying that the kid was his. Oh, so she also slept with Antonio Brown. Okay, good to know. She said she stabbed the child with a kitchen knife, adding that she cut the boy's throat. That'll do it. That'll do it. And an autopsy found that the child's cause of death was sharp force injuries to the neck. If convicted of the murder charge, she faces up to 40 years in prison and uh, hopefully an eternity in hell. Fuck you, <laughs> cunt. You baby murdering it's fucking whore. Pretty brutal. Yeah, I uh, got to say, that's a fun way to end this week's scum parade. I thank you for tuning into the creep off. One of these days we'll get this shit right. One of these days, man, it's got to happen. Even a broken mm -hmm. clock. We'll see. But uh, until we meet again, ladies and gentlemen, it's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. Gagia. It's a trap. The lead detective, Ron Hoxley, is still haunted by... Michael Woodmansey, the man convicted of killing and dismembering him, could be released from prison 12 years early for good behavior. Enraged by the news, the boy's father called into a radio talk show on Monday to publicly threaten his son's killer. I do intend, if this man is released anywhere in my vicinity or if I can find him after the fact, I do intend to kill this man. May your enemies be cursed in your podcast adventures.